from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. All right, here's the deal. I'm going to do about half the show, then take 16 minutes off. Okay. If that's all right. We're going to come back in, deliver a huge take, take another six plays off. Ooh, I see where we're going. And then we'll one. finish the game. Ouch. I mean the show. Yeah. How's that sound? Probably sounds, lose by a touchdown. Sounds pretty familiar. Oh, tell me to get over the James Robinson stuff. Am I taking this too far? Am I getting carried away? Are you getting carried away? I don't I don't know. I mean, I can't get over it. I brought in the press box and nobody said anything to me. Well, I mean, I was I'd probably left by then. Oh, I got you. Maybe yeah, I, I mean, I thought uh, I mean, I thought Bevel was playing James Robinson in fantasy football, and that was the reason why. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I still they still haven't given us a reasonable explanation about what went down. I mean, uh, Urban Meyer just said about an hour ago that hey, he's still a little banged up, and they thought Carlos Hyde was a little more explosive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they might, he kind of hinted that they might have yeah the fumble. You sit down for a little bit. I, I don't think it was like a full benching. I mean, but this guy has not fumbled <laughs> in like well, 400 ca- carries, and he's fumbled twice in his career. Yeah. And if you start benching people for mistakes, and Carlos Hyde, by the way, shouldn't play, and neither should LaVisca Chenault, and neither should like this entire team. So that's not a thing in the NFL, all right? Uh, I mean, unless it's just like five fumbles it's a problem then then it becomes a thing i mean tiki barber others have done that in their career i mean let's not turn this into a bench if it if it's a benching then shot khan should be calling down there today or in that office today and be like what are you doing he's like our best player so here's my issue with it is that there is no consistency of how this team is going about supposedly maybe punishing their players for fumbling because i watched the game after my fight on sunday and i saw lavisca chanel fumble and literally the next series Correct me if I'm wrong, he was out there again. I think so, too. Yeah. So you don't bench LaVisca Chenault for a half, for a quarter, for fumbling two weeks ago, but James Robinson fumbles for the first time in whatever how many carries, and then he's nowhere to be found, especially in the red zone. So I have an issue with that when, when you're not being consistent of how you're going about trying to handle your guys. Oh, and by the way, the best guy of all in James Robinson, your, your biggest offensive playmaker, is not on the field. And then when you're asked about it with Urban Meyer, you don't really know because you don't micromanage. The last time I checked, Urban Meyer is an offensive-minded coach, right? He's responsible for this offense. Your thumbprint should be all over this offense. So if your best player on offense is not on the field when you're driving for a touchdown, you need to know that. And you need to raise questions and ask, well, why wasn't he out there? I understand that we're, we're all in on the Carlos Hyde sweepstakes, former Ohio State Buckeye. You're a big fan of him. So be it. But I've talked about this in the show before. I would take a 70% James Robinson or 60% James Robinson over 100% Carlos Hyde right now in their careers. I simply would. So the fact that when the question is brought up and Urban Meyer's just like, eh, you know, that's that's not my thing. Well, it has to be your thing then. Like, you, you, you have to take ownership of this. You're the head coach. You should be responsible of who's playing and who's not playing. Like, do you think if you ask Bill Belichick that question about a defensive player, you think he's going to be like, ah, you know, that's up to my son. I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Bill Belichick, because he's Mr. Football, because he has his, his thumbprint all over that defense. Like, that defense runs through him. Well, if you're Urban Meyer and you're an offensive-minded guy, you have to have your influence on this team, or else what are we doing? Yeah, I, 
listen, he has... I, I don't know if I... Yeah, I can criticize it now. I, everybody's got their own styles, right? And urban style has worked over the years in college, not in the NFL. But if you're going to be the CEO guy that just trusts your, your offensive coordinator and, and everybody else to do their job, well, when it's not working, you got to step in. I mean, that's what overseers do. That's what management's there for. Like, that's what the CEO's there for. If something's not working, then you got to fix it. Like, you have to know, like, we can't all be sitting there in the press box and in the stands and on our couches and say, why isn't James Robinson in the game for 16 plays, but the head coach doesn't ask that question? Like, what's Bernie Parmalee doing? He's the running backs coach. He knows who's a better player. I mean, he played in the NFL. He cannot be, this cannot be a punishment from fumbling. And by the way, you also have Bevel. And if he's lost in the playbook and, and because they have this confidence in every guy that's on the roster, well, fine. Then Brian Schottenheimer, pass game coordinator. Well, talk about the run a little bit because your passing game guy, your quarterback, when he gets in the huddle and he sees no 25 in the game, he's probably like, what the hell? Why isn't this guy in the game? He hasn't been in the game for five plays, seven plays, nine plays, 11 plays, 14 plays, 16 freaking plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. that. And by the way, this is not like overreaction Monday, one time in 2021. This is like the fifth time we've had this discussion about James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. He's a little banged up. But don't tell me he's, they're protecting him because he's banged up. He touched the ball 20 times. But I'm going to talk to James tonight, and I guarantee you when I ask him, hey, could you have touched it 25? He's going to be like, yeah, it wouldn't have been fine. Oh, no. I mean, I you, mean come on. You, you saw the sideline reaction when they had to, you know, when he wasn't in. You saw him walking down the sideline. He didn't appear to be happy, and I wouldn't have been happy either. I, I wouldn't so. be happy if I'm James. Listen, I've already done this bit with him. I mean, I, I, at the end of the show on Jags Report Live at Sneakers, like a month and a half ago, I brought every football I owned. Yeah, and gave yeah. him the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know that they have not given him the football 20 times in a game yet this year? Mm. They, he has not carried the football 20 times in a game this year. And I'll give you the last month because he was hurt and he was banged up and he was in and he was out. I get that. Well, that's playing from behind. And, and playing from behind. But we all know that this started with game one. Why didn't he get the ball? Game two, why didn't he get the ball more? Game three, he started to get a little bit more. And we even said, it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. On your most important possessions, your most critical plays, why isn't he in the football game? Listen, Dari Agumboale, he's a great story. Probably a great guy. He's not a bad player. What the hell is he doing trying to catch a football when you're down in the game and your best player is on the sideline yeah. for like 13 plays well, in a row at that point? That's the same. He has to catch that football. And he has to I catch mean, the ball. I mean, he, he is a receiving running back. He has, I, to, he has to catch that it. ball. I get it. Like, but you I know mean, what? James got no, 80 passes no, hey, last year. I'm, I, I don't agree with Dario Ogumbawale being in the game whatsoever. James Robinson shouldn't have been in. And, and it comes down to, once again, it's just... When you watch these press conferences, when you see what's happening on the field, whether it's player to coach, coach to coach, I don't know, maybe GM to coach, there's just there, there's a lack of communication. There, there is a lack of communication. Like, I, I guess Bevel has the final say of the roster, and that's not Urban Meyer's MO. The last time I checked, I feel like the head coach should be responsible of who plays, who's in there, and has, you know, the ultimate, the final say of what goes on there. That doesn't seem to be the case. It seems that he's Be- Bevel's show on offense. I guess if you're Urban Meyer, what 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 is what is your goal? Like, what are you doing then? 
Are, are you trying to shape the culture? Are you trying to motivate your players? I, I I don't know. Well, listen, I listen, I do believe this, and, and I'm trying to take a step back here, and this isn't a defense of Urban Meyer, but I'm trying to look around this thing. I mean, everybody's frustrated in town. This is 2-9. and nine. We're going to talk about what bothers us the most, and I don't want to get too far into those weeds yet, but I think everybody's bothered by 2-9. and nine. I mean, it's supposed to feel different. It doesn't. They feel like they're regressing, and so yeah. obviously everything on Urban is fair game. It's criticism. He's running the show. He's getting paid a ton of money, a ton of money to turn this thing around, and we are seeing mistakes in week 12 that really don't, that, that, listen, I know other teams are making them like the Lions, they stink. Chicago, they stink. The Cleveland Browns, they should be better. They made them last night. I get it. Other people make them. That's not a good excuse for you to make them. Like, that's why you are one of the highest paid coaches in the league, mm -hmm. to figure it out. And there's a lot to fix in Jacksonville. They were 1-15 last year. But this is, this is what bothers me the most. I am okay with, I'm a players play the game guy. Mm -hmm. I'm a big time players play the game guy. Like mm -hmm. I am not right on the coaches all the time. I know it feels like it probably this year, but I'm not that guy. Like I have died on hills for coaches for a long time and probably wrongfully so, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you have to control what you can control, right? I mean, that is like an old phrase in life, but also in sports, it's a cliche. I can't control if LaVisca Chenault can't run the damn right route if I'm the coach. Mm. I told him 50 times to do it, and he's not doing it. I don't think I can control that. Well, then if he drops the ball... But then, yeah, you can control it. All that. right, well, maybe you can you, control that. You can absolutely if control Trevor that. If Trevor throws it in, uh, inaccurate, I can't control that. If LaVisca drops the ball, I can't control that. If James Robinson fumbles it, I can't control that as a coach. I've taught him how to, how to carry the football, or at least I think I... I can control personnel. That's what I'm getting at. Mm. I can control when my guys are in the game. I can control who's in the game, and I can control what play is called. Mm -hmm. And sooner or later, Urban Meyer, when he does not hear James Robinson in the football game, my best but you cannot have that much blind faith in Carlos Hyde. He has not done enough this year to show us that he's that good. He is not as good as James Robinson. He is definitely not as good. And when you're trying to come back and, and big play, you know what? They figured it out. They figured it out on, like, the, remember when he caught the 26-yard play? Mm -hmm. uh, nice catch. Then he sat for six plays. He sat for six plays. You know what most guys do? They get a breather for a play. Mm -hmm. Well, they figured it out. They were like, oh, shoot, just third and one. We need James. Yeah. They got him. They put him in. By the way, I think there might have been a timeout or something to get James in the game. At, at, because they were getting super slow getting to, out of the huddle and all those things. I think they had to burn a timeout, or maybe there's a stoppage in play. Um, and then he carried it on first down, down to the three, mm -hmm. and then they had the holding call, set him back, and then they had to kick the field goal. But it took him six plays even in that situation to realize, oh, shoot, we need, like, our best player on offense on the field right now. Mm -hmm. But for 16 plays there in the second quarter, they did, that didn't hit them. Like, that didn't hit them. Yeah. At all. And, and by the way, it's almost like they're surprised we're asking the questions. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> look, I mean, have a pulse, guys. I mean, have a feel for this thing. He is your best player, and this has become a week-in, week-out conversation of James Robinson, James Robinson, James Robinson. I'm telling you what, man, this guy deserves to get paid at the end of the year. If I'm his agent, I'm asking out of here. Sure. We already Why had not? this conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think... I can't imagine they don't like James Robinson. I think they talk about his toughness. They, yeah, but they also stuff. drafted Travis Etienne, brought in Carlos Hyde, did. and it was I, or the when the yes, first depth did. chart came I mean, out. Listen, so how the, much did you like him? You could, you could sit here and get, I'll give you 10 reasons why if I'm in James Robinson's camp, I'm like, I don't think they really like the guy. 
-hmm. You know, I, I just, I guess I refuse to believe that because we can't be that stupid. He's a good player, <laughs> and you yeah. want good players on your football team, especially one that is void of them. But, I mean, you have, that's what bothers me, and you've got to be able to control what you can control. And, like, no basketball team would not have their best player in the game in the final situation or in a big situation mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. No, anybody. And no, nobody would sit there, guys. Mm -hmm. Why are the Jags sitting their best player for long stretches at crucial times in the game, not just yesterday, but at various times this year? It's inexplicable. It really is. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to take away from this game, and you have to keep in mind, too, that the Falcons team that came in to Jacksonville, they are not a good team. All right? They, they, they are They are not a good defense. Their offense is suspect at best. The Falcons were not a good team. And they looked like a pretty dang good team, especially in the first half yesterday. You know, eventually you get to the point where you keep doing the same things over and over where that becomes your identity. And that's who you are. If you look at the penalties, the Jaguars right now lead the league in penalties and offense. Okay? That's who they are. On defense, it's a lot better in terms of penalties. Now, there's mental errors all over the place and yada, yada, yada. But I'm talking about in penalties, in terms of preparation, it's not there for the offense, right? How many false starts do we have to go through? How many holdings? How many illegal motions? Whatever the case may be, that is who the Jaguars are right now, week in and week out. And once again, to me, this comes down to coaching because you run this stuff in practice. If guys are getting away with it in practice and not being held accountable, then they're getting away with it in games and then all of a sudden they get a penalty. Because there's no way that they're going through with these false starts, with these illegal motions, and there is, they're 100% perfect in practice. It just does not work like that. You, you can't practice perfect, come out to a game, and be the most penalized team on offense. It does not work like that. So that's where the accountability has to come from coaching as well, right? Because it's the same mistakes over and over again. And you can't chalk it up to, ah, these guys are young out there. You have one of the, you know, I mean, you have an offensive line who's played together now for the most part, but set aside from injuries, for how long? You, you, you have an offense in general that's played together for how long? Yeah, years. And, and you're making these kind of penalties? You're, you're stalling these drives? That has to come from coaching. And once again, we're talking about a head coach who is on the offensive side of the ball, who needs to be responsible for that. So that's another frustrating point for me, and it kind of all falls in the same category of, you know, being on the same page, communication, identity, penalties. This all is stemming from the offensive side of the ball. Now, we saw a lot of the, the defensive side of the ball as well. But the consistent thing right now on this team, week in and week out, where it's not good, is the fact that you get penalties on offense and you have drive killers on offense. Yeah, and, and in big spots, they stink on offense. And that is a thing for Daryl Bevel. Like, he, that's his identity as a, co as a caller. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes back to the Seattle times. I, I try to ignore that. It's like one play, you know, all this. But, but I've never seen it up close. I mean, Daryl Bevel in big spots is not good. Like, he's terrible in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Terrible. He's just, I mean, now, again, you could say Agumbo Wale probably should have caught that. I mean, maybe they should score. Oh, well, he definitely should have caught you it. You know, but if you go back and look at this year, in critical moments, Daryl Bevel has not been good. Are they getting better at third down conversions? A little bit. I think they were a lot better last yesterday and 5 for 11 the week prior. So a little bit better in that category where they've been awful. They're not turning the football over as much as they were. But they still are not highlighting their best player enough, and they haven't all season. Uh, you know, health or no health. Uh, again, he wouldn't be playing to this extent if he wasn't able to go. All right. There was nothing to do with injury yesterday, in my opinion. And Carlos Hyde, I don't care what you say. There's no more juice in the legs of Carlos Hyde than there is in James Robinson. Mm -hmm. And that's at 70, 80 percent James Robinson. 
That's just not the case. I've watched it all year. You can't convince me of that. There is no juice. Yeah. I mean, Carlos Hyde, he's fine, by the way. I, I feel like we're hammering Carlos Hyde. It's not his fault they're putting him in the game. But he's just an okay guy. Like, he's a suitable backup guy. He should not play, like, six snaps less than James Robinson. He should play, like, 16 or 26 snaps less than James Robinson. The only thing I worry about now is history repeating itself. And that's losing guys that you get in the draft, special guys, or, you know, undrafted as undrafted free agents, and you lose them because they're fed up with how things are being ran here in Jacksonville. I'm not saying James Robinson is to that point yet, but how could you steadily not be getting to that point? Because if I was James Robinson, I would be upset. I, I would be very frustrated. I saw him, you know, st- like walking down the sidelines when they couldn't put it in. Yeah, he, he was ticked off as he should have been. Yeah. This is the last thing you want to see right now because you have a guy in James Robinson who you lucked out on. Whether if you're Dave Caldwell and you, you, you saw the diamond in the rough, which I really don't think he did because he, he was an undrafted free agent, he didn't draft him. So don't say, well, we, we knew this kid was going to be special, just a small school I guy. Got lucky. Let's, you got lucky with James Robinson. Who cares? You got lucky, and you know what? He's on your team now, so be it. But what, what a good guy to have that's, that you're lucky with. A guy who's seriously zero problems with what I've gathered so far. An undrafted free agent from Illinois State who's just a blue-collar worker. Not about the ego, not a distraction, you know, distraction-based kind of guy. All he does is go out there and run the football. That's what you want. You essentially sacrifice Leonard Fournette for him, and so be it. I know Leonard Fournette's having four touchdowns a game now, but I'm, I'm not mad at James Robinson. I, I have not been mad at the production of James Robinson so far in his career. The last thing you want to see is him get frustrated, and then we've seen this story so many times where it's like, well, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not even being respected. I can go play anywhere else, you know, make a little more money, and go have success. I don't want to see that from James Robinson because that is one guy that you don't want to lose. Yeah, I agree with you. That you, you don't want to lose him. By the way, I, I think he should be frustrated. I think Trevor Lawrence is frustrated, you mm-hmm. know, because you're talking about the offense. You talk about penalties. You've always said penalties are coaching. Um, there's got to be some discipline and IQ that go into it. I'm big on this IQ stuff all of a sudden. I'm watching the Patriots play. They never beat themselves. They haven't for 20 years. They're not as talented as some teams in the league, yet they play well. And I know they coach well. And so they're a great example of, hey, IQ and coaching and all those little things matter the Jags don't have those little things sometimes experience matters too New New England has more experience in a lot of places than maybe the Jags do in some places so uh, and again this isn't like this whole comparison with the Jags and and New England but what New England's doing right now is pretty impressive with a rookie quarterback and some of the moves that they made and again they're not like this talent rich team they really aren't but they're smoking people right now in the NFL and I guarantee you they're not beating themselves so you talk coaching penalties you talk uh, beating yourself kind of penalties. I mean, we, we highlighted this last night on Action Sports Jacks primetime. There are four plays that cost them 14 points off the scoreboard, like legitimate 14 points. I know everybody leaves plays out there in the NFL, but I guarantee you the Atlanta Falcons did not leave 14 points on the board yesterday. Mm-hmm. They didn't. And, and the Jags did, from the field goal leverage play to the drop the Goonbawale pass to the interception from Trevor on what looked to be a free play, but it wasn't. Uh, and, and then late in the half when Tyson Campbell intercepts and you can't even move the ball 15 yards. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even bringing up the late-game situation where you can only move it 11 yards. So th- the Jags are leaving opportunities out there, and that's what bad teams do. That's why they've only scored a season high of 23 points, the only team to do that. Everybody else has scored more than that in the NFL this year. And games all over the place yesterday were in the 30s. And, heck, I thought we were going to get to the 40s in some. Yeah. Um, and, and the Jags can't get out of the teens in the scoring. But from a coaching standpoint, 
personnel is a big thing with Bevel, I believe. Like, he, that's part of his job, put the personnel in there, especially if Urban is going to give you free reign. From a coaching standpoint, they, they acknowledged yesterday that this offense is still evolving, and, and Urban said, we thought we'd be here by now. It shouldn't take this long, but we're not where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in December, guys. We're in December, and this offense is not necessarily, like, installed yeah. the way your rookie quarterback is supposed to run it. How are, we, how are we allowing that guy to blossom and grow when the offense isn't really no, I mean, even there yet that the way it's supposed to look? All, all I had to hear about a month ago was the fact that we're still working on how to do a quarterback sneak. That's, <laughs> no, but seriously, that's, that's all I had to hear to, to know, okay, this is going to be a very long and drawn-out process. This isn't going to be a miracle overnight. There isn't going to be a lot of progress being made this season. When I heard that with the quarterback sneak, I'm like, oh, okay. So we're just going to pretty much waste Trevor Lawrence's rookie year and then go from there. Because that's, ex- that's essentially what you're doing right now. More coaching. Jawan Taylor is not getting consistently better. Uh, penalty machine continues to be a big problem on the offensive line in critical moments. And then LaVisca Chenault, to me, is mind-boggling right now. I mean, he's really – the regression of LaVisca Chenault, mm-hmm. again, has to go to some coaching. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the, the depth of that play or other routes well, being run. See, I think it's some on the player, but that's got to be coaching as well. Yeah, I mean, we keep going back to that one play where he supposedly broke it off a little too long. I think, I mean, I don't know the exact play call. Maybe Erd Meyer said it. It, it, to me, it looked like a, a wide receiver option. And, like, that's what he went with. So it was up to him to decide where you want to break the route off. And there's this miscommunication there. Why you had three guys all on the same plane, though, all on the same level, you know, set up in trips is beyond me. I mean, that, that, that to me right there is a big red flag in terms of, well, run a crossing route, run something. Don't have three guys on the exact same route at different levels. Yeah. That doesn't do anything. My only problem with LaVisca is between the drops and the fumbles, and this is not the first time we've questioned whether he's running the right route. Mm-hmm. He does it, I think he did it early in the game. Yeah. Uh, and there were multiple guys in the, early in the game in the same vicinity again. I think they're giving him free reign in terms of wide receiver options of what pattern to run. And they shouldn't be doing that because obviously he's not ready for that. But this goes back to coaching, putting way too much on his plate. All right. Uh, what really bothers you the most about the Jags being 2-9 and nine right now? Let's talk more about it. Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690. Plus a lot of college football to talk about today, too. It's all on a Monday here on ESPN 690. Uh, we try to rotate cards. Just asked that question like five minutes ago to get clarity. If I get asked uh, rotation, and then uh, uh, he's still not 100%. You can see that on uh, perimeter runs, and, and we felt like Carlos had a little more juice in his legs, and so. It wasn't necessarily the fumble that kept him yeah, out. It's a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm sure Bernie talked to him, and so did Bev, and all those guys on the sideline. I did briefly, uh, but uh, the, the answer I got was rotation, and Carlos probably should be in the game. Give me a wall so I can bang my head into it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hurts me to see you like this, Brent. You know, Mr. Positivity, Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows. I just showed you Come on the dark side. I mean, me and Casey have been chilling in this pool for a while. You know what I'm saying? It's nice and dark. I've been dark. chilling in this freaking we, pool for 14 we got years. Candles. We got candles going on here, man. It's good to have you. Water feels nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Welcome to the dark side. I mean, I just showed you guys. I was like... I was gone for a few days. I was actually looking forward to the game. It was weird. I was like, I was, you know, you get late in the season. We're not there yet. Like, but I even tweeted this at one time during the game. It felt like a seven, week 17, 18 game oh, yeah. where you're like, all right, get me to the offseason. Feels like shock your mock season. Right? Yeah, I mean, it really did. Like, yeah. it, it felt like that. The crowd, crowd was 
it wasn't a big crowd. I mean, God bless the Jags fans that showed up. Um, but, I mean, Atlanta wasn't bringing a lot of people. Yeah. You knew that. It was a holiday weekend. Jags had not given them any reason to come. Uh, and so there wasn't, like, a buzz in the building at all. Like, mm. you can really feel that when you walk in there, and there's there wasn't. I mean, for good reason, but there wasn't. Yeah. And so... And then they get off to just this awful start again. Actually, it was kind of a slower bleed to the bad start. Like, it wasn't terrible, and then it got terrible. Yeah. You know, from the offsides penalty on the punt, which didn't even really cost them points, but it cost them field position, to the free play throw, to the leverage play that led, and then the right after that, Cordero Patterson. Uh, I mean, the Jags have been beat up by running backs the last couple of weeks that are wide receivers. Yeah. You know, and, and listen, those guys are good players. Evo Samuel's playing really well. Cordero Patterson's playing really well. This team was built to stop the run, and they can't stop receivers running the football right now. No. I, I mean, to, to be fair, Cordero Patterson is not a bad running back. No, he's, like, he, he's kind of cemented himself. I mean, the way that he runs, too, I know. like zero patience. No. Like, he's like the anti-Bell. No. kind of like tall through there, right? It's not yeah, like he I mean, tries to get low. Dude, hey. He, he gets the job done. I will say this about the defense, and yeah, there, there's unacceptable in, in a lot of standpoints. Um, you had an offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons kind of manhandle you for the first half. They did. But at least adjustments were made. Yes. Right? Like, I pictured Joe calling at halftime, literally breaking every single table to get his hands on and, and threatening to cancel Christmas. Just in, uh, as long as they stop, you know, unless they stop the run with Cordell Patterson. And you know what? They did better. Like, the, there was halftime adjustments. They made some improvements. And I get it. Personnel-wise, not the best team in the NFL. Not the best roster in the NFL. But at least I see a defense who, you know, at halftime comes out and they play with some fire. They play with a little swag. Now, it didn't win them the ball game, obviously, but it was improvement. I see an offense that looks like they're just begging for garbage time. And that, I mean, we want to talk about the, the list of frustrations because it's a laundry list right now. But but again, you go to halftime, where are their adjustments? Where where are the things that's like, okay, we, our game plan didn't really work the way we thought it was going to work. Let's switch this up. Let's switch that up. And now we got them where we want them. I didn't see a lot of that yesterday. I haven't seen a lot of that over the the last, I don't know, six weeks, seven weeks from this offense. Yeah, screw deferring them. It's great you win the coin toss, but who cares? You go three and out coming out of the locker room every time. Well, mm -hmm. it wasn't three and out, actually. I think they got a first down. But mm -hmm. I, I will say that the defense, to your point, I can't, I can't kill the defense. They weren't great. No. Uh, but they still only gave up like 14 points. And they gave them, they let them, I mean, listen, yeah. touchdown they gave up was one because of the fumble point-blank range, really, it was on the 30-yard line, mm -hmm. and then a leverage play. They should have given up a field goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they gave the team a chance to win again. They should start faster, but they got an interception. They got a big stop on Tyson Campbell's game. Like, I can point to things that are good. And, and by the way, we knew they would come out with quick game. They'd get pushed off the ball in the run game. But you knew Matt Ryan would come out with the quick game because they got hammered on the offensive front in the pass game last week against New England. Oh, yeah. So it really neutralized Josh Allen and company in the pass rushing game. I mean, he, Josh really couldn't do much. They were getting everything out so quick. So I, I'm not going to sit here today and kill the defense. They weren't great. The numbers probably show better than they actually played. Tyson Campbell made some money for himself, I feel like, yeah, where you, you see improvement there's there. Growth. There's some growth. There's some yeah. growth. Give me a guy that's growing on offense. Matthew Wright. He's on special teams. Give me a guy that's growing <laughs> on offense. No, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we can yeah. point to Taven Bryant. We can yeah. point to Tyson Campbell. Mm -hmm. We can point to 
like the interior, Malcolm Brown and Devon Hamilton, what they've done. Now, again, yeah. they got, I'm not talking every snap, but over the last month, I can point to those things about guys that are getting better, so, it looks like. So I'll say this. Right now, where it stands with this team, going into next year, I don't think cornerback is going to be a position of need. Yeah, I would say that's true. Okay, because I mean, I mean like, if you're I picking three and Stingley's there, I don't think you need to go get that. I right? think you have Shaq Griffin, and I think if Tyson Campbell can keep on doing his thing, I'm okay with that. I think interior defensive line could be a because, you know, I mean, there's some studs this year in the interior defensive line, so that might still be a question. But at least, like, it's funny because when I, when I left the game, I forgot this dude's name, but he was a, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a coach. He's like assistant coach in, in Jacksonville. I forgot where he coached at. He told me his name. I think it was like Dan or something. He goes, hey, Austin, you watched this game. I'm like, yeah. He's like, sit up in the press box. What's something that I can take away from this game I can be happy about? Now, when he asked me that in the moment, spur of the moment, I was like, the French toast sticks went extra hard today yeah. in, the, in the press box. Yeah. They were good. Oh, Casey, yeah. I'm sorry to bring it up, but the French toast sticks were good. Brent's right. out of his mind. You can take away that. Brent's out of his mind as well. And, and you can laugh at him. But, but looking back on it and on reflection, I guess Tyson Campbell, you can say, ha, ha, had a great game. I mean, I, yeah. I would say, ha, yeah, he, yeah, he had an okay game. But he made some big, listen, but he, he almost had another pick six. He I had know. an interception. He made the big play to get the ball back at the end. I mean, yeah. listen, that's making plays, right? Yep. There were, uh, that's making plays. All right, here we go. Ready? So, so thank you, Tyson Campbell. Thank you. Top three. I, I thought about this. There's so much that bothers us all right now. The three things that bother you the most right now. I just We just did a whole start of the show. Mm -hmm. By the way, go back and listen if you missed it. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. You can subscribe about the about James Robinson. I mean, right now is the number one thing. I, there are a few things that have bothered me this much in 14 years covering the Jags than what's going on with James Robinson this season and again on yesterday. Yes. I would say the other thing that bothers me is Urban Meyer is here to, he's an offensive guy and a special teams guy, and those areas are disastrous right now. Like a disaster mm -hmm. on offense and on special teams, and he's got to get his hands in there. Because guess what? We're blaming you, Urban. Yeah. I'd get my hands in there because we're blaming you. Yeah. And you might not care if we're blaming you, but we're blaming you. And, and that's your, those are your areas. And your areas suck right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that bothers me. As it should. And then the other one that bothers me is that Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, I thought, and I, maybe I'm just wrong on this, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer have won a lot. Mm -hmm. I genuinely thought that those two being here, it's not in their DNA to lose, like, big. Mm -hmm. Now, I did not think they were going to win big in, in the first year. I wasn't even sure they would win big in the NFL. But I really thought 2-15, and 3-14 kind of seasons might be over even in year one. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm wrong. I don't know if they're going to win again. They might sneak one out, but I don't know if they're going to win again. Jets playing tough right now, too. <laughs> I mean, the Jets I, game. I, I did. Think, I was as, I've been wrong about a lot of things. Well, this one I was really dead wrong on because I did not see a Trevor Lawrence Urban Meyer team, hmm. whether you were playing kickball or you were playing football, be 2-15. and 15. And they might be freaking 2-15. and 15. I thought they were going to get that crap out of the building. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was part of this. And we might not see any progress in that. And so those are the three things that really bother me. 
my list is long, but I had to narrow it to three. Yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a long list as well. We talked about a lot of them, but let me go ahead and add to my list because we haven't really talked about this yet. We, we kind of sprinkled on it a little bit, but let's really dive into this thing uh, head on here. I think right now what separates a team like, well, the Patriots, I mean, there's a lot of things that separate the, you know, the Patriots from the Jaguars. But you, you look at the Patriots right now, coming off of a disappointing season, you have a rookie quarterback why are they having so much success? Well, obviously, it's Bill Belichick. It's the culture. It's the regime, all this stuff. But it's also the draft picks, and it's the guys that you got in free agency. Guys like Kendrick Bourne, who all, don't even know where the guy came from, but he's having pretty good success right now with the Patriots. Came from San Fran, by the way. Um, you know, guys like Matthew Judon, who right now is in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Guys like that, that you, and, you know, Hunter Henry, John Smith's been hurt a little bit, but Hunter Henry having a big impact as well. But you, you look at those guys, and then you look at the guys they drafted the past couple years, that's where you make your money. This is where you build a foundation and you get better. And you, facil- and you facil- facilitate a young um, culture with a young quarterback and can have success. I look at this draft class this past year, haven't really seen Cisco yet, right? We've seen him sprink- like sparingly every once in a while. Saw one get hi- highlighted yesterday, saw him get hurtled. 25 times on CBS. The announcer's having a field day with that one. And run over. In 4K. In 4K, by the way. So I saw that. We haven't seen Cisco. Travis Etienne, you know, injury bug, that happens. Can't fault him for that. Walker Little, this offensive line right now, not playing the best. Right? Uh, I don't know if you want to say Cam Robinson. Cam's played pretty well. Okay, but Walker Little, we haven't really heard much about him. We heard no. about him in training camp, not so much. I think Caleb on Chason, obviously going into his second year now, where has he really been? You know, he, he showed some, a spark here or there, but as a dependable first-round pick, where's that been? A spark. Give me a okay. spark. Okay. Marvin, I mean, Kevin Marvin Bryan's doing more than chase on. Sure. M- Marvin Jones, I thought, was going to be, you know, the, the, the go-to guy. I think we all agreed in, in, in fantasy purposes. It's going to be the Marvin Jones show. Hell of a catch, Marvin. Hell of a catch, but we're, you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, how much influence has he had in this offense? No. Okay. Shaq Griffin, I think, has done a pretty good job. Yes. All things considered. Rashawn Jenkins, I, we don't have to go down that road again because I know... Please don't. Yeah, because we're, we're still on the dark side of the pool now. We don't get, get any darker here. But my point is... be nice if he made a play. Is that when we talk about draft picks and we talk about free agents, you know, Roy Robertson-Harris, yes, he had the sack yesterday, also had the... What, what do they call the penalty? The leverage, the leverage penalty. Yeah. Um, He's actually Malcolm, come on in the last few weeks since Malcolm he's been Brown, healthy. Jihad Ward, I haven't really heard a lot no, about. Jihad hasn't done much. Guy can ride a motorcycle, you wouldn't believe, though. Or, 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 or an ATV. He's on Jags Report Live when he comes on well, TV, he, too. Yeah, he's got a great personality. So all those things considered, though. Because when we started this season, I wasn't saying, oh, I'm really worried about this personnel here. I'm really worried about all these fridges that they brought in. Are they going to contribute or not? I was not having the conversation. I thought, all right, Marvin Jones, that's a great pickup. Or Robinson Harris, fantastic. Shaq Griffin, all right. Rayshon Jenkins, all right, he's got that dog in him. So be it. Okay, cool. The conversation through the draft and through free agency wasn't, well, these guys aren't going to be able to contribute to this team. That wasn't the conversation at all. But now we're here, end of November, getting ready to enter December, the last leg of the season, if you will. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. And you can't win like that. You can't build a culture like that. So my frustration, whether it's bulky, whether it's Urban Meyer making these calls, a combination of both, whatever the case may be, the guys that they approach that they got, they're not contributing, whether it's in the draft or free agency. They're not contributing enough, I want to say, outside of Shaq Griffin and maybe the sprinkle of Marvin Jones every once yeah, in a while. When he gets the opportunity. Well, there's a there guy, 
we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and then last week was a bad showing for them, and this week hasn't been that great either. But, I mean, guys like Jamal Agnew and Rudy Ford have highlighted their, like, free agent class and Shaq Griffin. Now you start saying, you know, free agency is kind of like a 50-50 proposition. You know, you start hitting on four guys in free agency and that they're making plays for you. But I think to the point is there's been no consistency there. Like, And have they been big enough plays? Even Shaq Griffin's been very good, but he hasn't had a pick. And he's had like four chances to change a game with a pick, you know. And, and so he's been good, but he hasn't been great. You know, Jamal Agnew is was really the best, and now he's on the shelf. Yeah. Rudy Ford has done way more than anybody imagined, but it's not like he's changing games, right? So... I agree. I mean, and their draft class is really not doing much. And to be honest with you, their rookie quarterback probably isn't doing much. Now, is that a product of everything else? Or is that him? Probably some of both. But, it has to be both. But we, yeah. we certainly thought Trevor Lawrence by this time, as we enter December, would have done a little bit more at the very least mm -hmm. than what he's done. Mm -hmm. And now given two out of the last three chances in games to do something heroic late, fumbled the football and moved the team 11 yards you know that's not good enough no I mean that is not good enough and and Trevor was I kind of said he was bad I did say he was bad yesterday like that's what I felt kind of right away and probably wasn't bad that's, that's probably an overreaction but he was certainly inaccurate you know and I mean even the pick that he throws like I wish he said he thought it was a free play and that the ref screwed up yeah. he didn't though like he said he thought his receiver was going to get separation well, golly, man. I mean, when's the last time that's happened? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure you should plan on that. <laughs> yeah. But that was a bad – That caught, they were at the 35-yard line. You know, that was a second-and-seven play. I mean, that cost points. You can't make that mistake. That was just free up for grabs play. Like, that is – you can't make that mistake throwing with this team. The double cover, yeah, it just wasn't good. And, by the way, I hadn't thrown a pick in, like, 137 passes or something. So he'd been taking care of the football pretty well mm -hmm. overall. But Trevor's just not – Trevor's okay to make mistakes and be inaccurate. He's just not doing enough on the other side to overcome some of that. Well, and it's not even the wild throws that much anymore. I mean, it was a good throw to Austin in the end zone. Yeah. But the throw to Treadwell where he wanted on third down yesterday in the last drive, he wanted interference. I didn't see interference, guys. I mean, I'm not sure if I missed it, but I just saw a wild high behind Treadwell throw. I'm to the point, though. And, and okay, so you had a touchdown pass yesterday. Great. Five, great to That's kind of what Fantastic. quarterbacks do. That, that's what you got to do. And, and, you know, everybody wants to compare. Well, you know, you look at Peyton Man when Peyton Man did his rookie year. Goes 3-13, yeah. and 13, um, you know, through 20 interceptions. The difference with that, though, is that Peyton Manning also threw 26 touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I get it. You're not playing for the playoffs right now. That, 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 that's just a pipe dream never going to happen. Fine. But this season was supposed to be about the progress of Trevor Lawrence, and we're not seeing it right now. So I would rather see a guy go out there, let it loose, make mistakes, not saying he's got to throw the ball 50 times a game. Not saying that at all. But I'd rather see a guy go out there, let it loose, make, you know, make some mistakes if you have to, but make some big plays as well. Yeah. Because right now it's like he's tapered off, and it's like, I don't want to really, I don't want to make the big play. I don't want to make the mistake. And, like, he's in his own head, it seems like, a little bit sometimes. And then those, when he's in your own head, they're just overthrows. They're, they're not even close to the receiver. Yeah, I agree with you. At this point, I'd almost rather him look like the first few games where he was making mistakes, but also yeah, making wild throws that we could be like, whoa. I will. T I would kill for a 26 and 28 performance. 26 touchdowns, 28 Me interceptions. Too.
because at least those 26 touchdowns, we would see some big throws. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, hey, this listen, makes sense. The Jags are in a, this is a Blaine Gabbard offense. You played with mm -hmm. this offense. This is a 2011 offense. The Jags are 70, they need 70 points to eclipse that team's offense, which is like the worst offense in franchise history. Yeah. The Jags flirted with the worst five-game stretch in franchise history points-wise yesterday until they finally scored late again. I mean, this it's bad. This offense is bad. It's got Trevor's name on it, Daryl Bevel's name on it, Urban Meyer's name on it. It's bad. Mm -hmm. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Uh, offense, you know, with their fluidity of uh, receivers, we still have not identified... You know, any downfield passing game. However, in the run game, I think, you know, we averaged, uh, I mean, I thought we ran the ball really well. I thought the offensive line came off the ball. I thought uh, we mixed in under center and shotgun runs, which is what I want to be. Uh, the shotgun runs were really uh, productive. So that's a little bit of our identity. Pass game identity, we're, we're still not there. But it's, you know, how can you get there when you're the rotation of receivers that we have right now? I don't want to hear the excuses. I've seen worse receivers here. Let me think about that statement. Yeah, I think I have. The biggest problem they have on their receiving core is the de degression, regression, degression, regression of uh, LaVisca Chenault. I mean, that is a major problem. This guy's supposed to take a step this year in this offense, and he's been not good. And by the way, he did make a big play. And I appreciate, uh, I appreciate both Trevor and even Urban for not singling out and ripping players. And, and Urban has been transparent about players, but he didn't want to do it today, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. and, and Trevor, after the game, like I knew it right away. I was like, he, he is covering for, for LaVisca. And again, this is go back and watch. And this is me, man. I don't even know the X's and O's. And uh, got, receivers are supposed to go to landmarks. And there's option routes and all this stuff. What, whatever. Like, I don't watch the game like that. But I can guarantee you, LaVisca Chenault has run the wrong route like five times this year at least. Mm. And it really feels like all in the last month. And so if you're a young quarterback and your receiver is not running the right routes and he's been in the league for a couple of years... Like, what is going on? Like, yeah. what can you trust? Again, that's not, that doesn't mean Trevor's playing great and, you know, he's got, no, I mean, Trevor's got some blame in this, but I, I don't get it. What I, what I want to say is, though, you know, the crossing route on third and 21, I understand that's there and they get it and it's a heck of a play. And I, I mean, that will show you how bad Atlanta is, too. They gave up a third and 21. Yes. But why don't they ever go back to the play? Mm -hmm. Like, why don't they ever go back to that play? I mean, I'm watching the Rams yesterday, and the Rams aren't playing good football, but they're, they're run just a simple route. It's like in a zone the zone defense for Green Bay. They run like just like a curl route, man, sitting in the zone. It's so easy, pitch and catch. Like, are we making the game more difficult in Jacksonville? <laughs> because some of this stuff looks really easy around the rest of the league, and that's even with some teams that are struggling a bit. I think it comes down to, once again, is that you are not setting your players up for success. If LaVisca did run the wrong route on that play, yeah, I mean, it, it looked like he did. But I'm convinced, like, that was an option. Like, he, he, it was up to him to decide where to break off that route. And if that's the case, that's what we're talking about, well, then maybe you shouldn't give him the keys to the kingdom like that. Maybe you should tell him, hey, break the route off at the first down mark, right? Don't just go by feel and try to run yourself open. 
Just break the route off at the first down marker, and I'll take care of it. Maybe those conversations need to be had if this is, it truly is indeed a, a, a wide receiver option route, which it very well could be. I just think it's a situation right now where if you're Bevel, if you're Urban Meyer, you look what you got. Okay, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Austin now stepping up a little bit. Yeah, the, it's probably not the sexiest group of wide receivers anymore in the NFL, but that's fine. I can watch the. I can watch any other. I watched the Falcons yesterday. Who I couldn't name one of. Russell Gage. I'm not sure who the other guys By the way, are. Kyle Pitts did nothing yesterday. Yeah. But like they find ways to get these guys open. Absolutely. They, they they use their speed, their agility, whatever the case may be. They find out what they're good at and they get these guys open. They run them open. For whatever reason, the Jaguars cannot do that. No. And that's don't. an issue. That is an issue. Uh, we've got a lot of issues to solve. Tiger Woods talks. What's he say about coming back? <laughs> the rest of the NFL, the college game's out of control, big money in Major League Baseball. Oh, baby, what a day on a Monday. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on at 4. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.